When I was an age grouper, we had this guy. I grew up in South Florida. I was on a club called Plantation Swim Team. And we had this guy. He was 28 years old. And I remember I was 16 and he was a really cool guy. He worked at the FBI. And I remember thinking like, what's this old guy doing swimming? And he was 28. <laughs> I'm 48 now and I'm still doing it. <laughs> Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record-holding athletes and health, life, and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now, your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. I am your host, Kelly Palace. Our special guest today is world record-setting master swimmer, Eric Christensen. But before we say hi to Eric and start talking with him, Maria, my co-host, how are you today? Great. How are you? Wonderful. We are excited for this interview today and let's introduce Eric. But first, Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's wonderful. So Eric has a unique story you are going to want to stick around for. Eric was a four-time NCAA All-American at the University of Florida. So that's big time D1, folks. And this was from 1993 to 1997. And after college, Eric stopped swimming for a couple of years. He played other sports, but he really felt like he was not in shape, as in shape as swimming made him feel. And then he trained for 10 years before he swam in his first master's meet. But for these 10 years, Eric's training is something different. Eric trains with the youth swim team, which is not something that a lot of masters do. Is swimming with the youth team in your area something you want to do? We're going to want to hear about that, Eric. But Eric is a world record holder in the short course meters 400 IM. He currently holds three USMS national records. He has swum 74 times in his master's career. And all 74 are top 10 achievements. Maria, tell us a little more about Eric. Eric's 48 years old. He grew up in Davie, Florida, outside of Fort Lauderdale. He currently lives in Oviedo, Florida, which is near Orlando with his wife, Jennifer. He started swimming at seven years old because a friend wanted to join a swim team and didn't want to do it alone. <laughs> so Eric's also a real estate investor and a club swim coach. He's a father of two sons, 18 and 21 years old. Eric, we're so glad to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So, Eric, 10 years of training before your first master's meet. Tell us about that. Basically, I started back and I was in a, I was in a pool and the local club coach saw me and, and he started talking to me and he basically says, you look like you know what you're doing. You, would you like to practice with us? And uh, I was probably 25 at the time. And I said, I don't know. I was just swimming by myself, wasn't doing a whole lot. And then I joined that group, the age group, so I was 25, swimming with 16 and 17 year olds and got in great shape. And I was just doing it for me. I didn't really want to race. I was just happy just doing what I was doing and not really worry about, about competitions. So my initially thinking getting back into swim was I was going to do triathlons and stuff like that, which I did do for quite a while. But and then eventually I got away from those other sports and stick with something that I know very well. So this is highly unusual 
for a master swimmer to train with a USA club. So this is a, I think this is going to be a very unique interview because I know when you are at a, when you're at a meet and you and I swim in the same LMSC, which is the local master's area, when Eric Christensen is swimming, everybody comes to the edge of the pool and they're like, oh my gosh, (laughs) that guy is so fast and he's got such beautiful strokes. And with your pedigree, it's not surprising. But then someone in the back will always mumble under their breath. Yeah, but he trains with the kids. And so tell us a little bit about like how long you did that. It sounds like you were recruited to do that. And then it just clicked for you. Did you keep doing that? What is that training regimen that keeps you in such great shape? Let me just intercept here because I'm I'm the ignorant person here. So there's a big difference, I guess, between a club and a master's club. Because so Eric was swimming with a different kind of club, a younger club to help me understand the difference. I swim with kids. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But so what basically if, I'm, what I'm those... training with high school kids right now. Um, and their master's team is, is exactly that. It's for, it's the master's athlete and it's got their own division. USMS is the master's. And then you've got a USS club, which is the United States swim club, which is, uh, which is basically from like very little all the way to about 18, maybe through 20. I guess you can go beyond that depending on your level. So I was basically swimming with the age groupers, even though I was registered with USMS. Why did the, Why were you recruited by that coach to swim with the young people, you think? He, a great, he's a great guy. I'm still friends with him today. He's actually the, my boss now. That He's the one that runs that, that swim club. And uh, just a great guy. He swam at, the, at Florida State University. And uh, just a great guy. Loved to talk swimming. Talked. And then he just invited me onto his group. And at first, I wasn't sure. And after about three... About two or three weeks of getting through the workouts, I realized I, I still had the power and the speed and everything that I had previous before I stopped. How do the kids feel about you, you old man? You. The funny thing is when I was an age grouper, we had this guy. I grew up in South Florida. I was on a club called Plantation Swim Team. And we had this guy. He was 28 years old. And I remember I was 16 and he was a really cool guy. He worked at the FBI. And I remember thinking like, What's this old guy doing swimming? And he was 28. <laughs> I'm 48 now and I'm still doing it. <laughs> so I look back and I think that's funny. I don't know. In fact, I actually think that one of the reasons why I was invited is because I would, I set a good example on work ethic. I set example on technique. And nowadays, almost everybody that I swim with, I coach from middle schoolers. So it's, so they don't, I don't know if so now they think of me as, as the old guy, they think of me as the old coach. Yeah. And Maria, great intercept to differentiate there. The club teams, the kids that are swimming, they're swimming generally way more frequently, way higher yardage, more intense yardage. These are the same kids, quote unquote, that are trying out for our Olympic team. And then the master's programs are less yardage, probably fewer practices, probably less intense, definitely not going to the Olympics. But so Eric, you're training still you started this many years ago training with the usa team which is now usa when we're calling it club it's usa swimming and u.s master swimming so you're training with usa swimming tell us like what your general training regimen is for the week if it's all with them if there's some dry land how does that look all right, so as much as I possibly can. And whether I feel great, whether I feel like crap, I'm going to do get a workout in no matter what. Um, 
my, because I coach the middle schoolers, I'm only able to swim with the club kids from, for about an hour and about an hour and 15 minutes. They, or they go about, about two hours, two and a half, maybe even three hours sometimes. So I can only do what I can do. And when I do hop in some of them and mix it up because there's different groups and different days that they do different things. So I can't tell you that I strictly do this and this. It's, there's a sprint day, there's a stroke day, there's an IM day. There's a day that they do stations, which is a bunch of little mini sets that are like two or two lanes. You do it for 12 minutes and then you rotate and then you rotate and you rotate. So it's, so there's no set thing that I do. And because I'm, a, I'm an IMer and I'm, I've got a pretty well, ba- pretty good background of do, swimming all the strokes and all the different events and all the different distances, I don't mind. It's something that I can um, easily pop into a sprint workout as opposed to going long with a distance workout. Wow. What kind so, of yardage totals are you generally doing for workout? For workout, I'm only getting an hour and 15 minutes, but it's six days a week. I would say for the distance group, I'm probably getting in, I'm probably pushing closer to 4,500. If it's a sprint day, sprint days typically are a lot of quality with a lot of rest. I may only get 20, under 3,000, maybe even 2,500, something like that. So it truly does vary. So after you swim with the kids, do you? pop out of the swimming pool and then start swimming the like right away (laughs) yes basically yes wow cool yes and i actually think that they all know everybody knows that i swim and i said this to my kids that i would not give you something set that i would not do myself and that's very powerful and that goes a long way in some of their minds that they know that the stuff that i'm giving them the stuff i'm working on is stuff that i'm working on myself and it's a lead by example situation because when I first started coaching, I was a little unsure on how things work, but then, then I realized, you know what, they're trying to, they're trying to follow me. They're trying to do what I do. So it's that mentality of, all right, coach Eric is swimming now. I know how to, I know he wants, I'm going to try and do it and try and emulate him. Yeah. Nice. So you're a high level division one swimmer who has succeeded in the master's world. And a lot of swimmers who are great in their youth have trouble transitioning to masters because they feel like they may never swim as fast as they did in college. And obviously you're not swimming as fast as you did in college. You're swimming fast for a master, but how do you, how do you encourage people out there who might have swum well in their youth and now they're just afraid to come to masters because they don't want to look bad? Masters, it covers all, the span is great from the high level to the to beginner level athlete. And that's what's great about masters. I don't think anybody really cares. I don't go to a meet and look at that person. And that person doesn't even know how to do flip turns. I, I'm never going to say that. Masters is about participation. It's about being competitive while fit. If they are, they're thinking way too hard about it. Yeah, I know. I'm 48 years old. I'm never going to have a PR again. That's just what it is. That's how just that's just life. And that's okay. At the end of the day, as long as I'm what I want to do and getting a feeling of, of fitness and being active, that's my key. That's what I'm looking for. Are you setting new goals each year or each five years? You've said that just being fit and being in shape is good enough, but you must have some time goals. I don't. I have 74 swims as a master swimmer and I've been there for quite a while and that's actually probably not a lot of swims. I don't have a lot of time to do master's meets. My schedule is pretty big and the timing of a lot of these meets are not great for me. I'm going to try and do the the long course Masters Nationals this year, which is in Sarasota. I'm going to try. 
So to answer your questions, I don't really have goals. I just try and go out there and if I can fit in a master's meet, I'll do it. I do know, I do look at, I do look at the, uh, the records and I do look to see, feel what I can do, what I can come close to, but I don't have specific goals. Having said that, don't tell my kids that because they're talking about goals all the time that they need to know what they are and they need to know their why. Why do you come and visit Coach Eric? I want to go to Flags. Flags, Flags is this cut. And they need to know, they need to have that on mind as when they hop in. Whereas I don't really have that. I guess I'm a bad coach. They may listen to this, Eric. So you never know. But I would give you a little pushback and say that you are looking at records and kind of have those in the back of your mind. So I feel like maybe that's a little bit of goal setting for you. What would you say are the top three things that swimmers need to focus on to be fast in the water? All right. So I try and focus on technique first before before anything else, before strength, before speed, before fitness or anything else, because if they don't know how to do a decent streamline and then what's the point of getting stronger if you can't get off that wall. Okay. So the first thing is technique. Second thing is kick. I try and make sure that there is some sort of, there's a consistent kick that their feet never ever stop. They're doing a correct breaststroke kick that they do a proper fly kick. They're basically kicking from their abs, not really from their knees. So that's the second thing I would focus on is, is kick. And the third thing right now, underwaters are the future of our sport. Underwaters are, are vital and underwaters are basically a mindset that they, that the kids need to think about doing in the beginning to, to go advance further later on down the road. So I'm trying to lay the foundation of those three things to, to help them improve down the road. Those are all great. How do you put those three for masters? Would you say those are all three important for masters as well? Absolutely. Yeah. You're as fast as you're ever going to be pushing off the wall. That is, if you look at the, whatever, your thighs and your butt are pushing you as fast as you possibly can off the wall. The tighter you can make yourself, the tighter the streamline you can do, the less swimming you have to do, the farther you can go. And it's just one of those things where just be smooth and long off the walls, be efficient, and you'll drop a lot of time. I went to San Antonio and in that master's meet and the guy next to me doing the 500, I was watching him. He was right with me and I push off the wall. I'd go one or two fly kicks and then I'd take a stroke. Well, I started watching him. He was taking six strokes before my one because he pushed it. He flipped. It was rushed. And then he popped up right away and just started throwing arms. And if you can just relax a little bit, focus on getting off those walls with, with some intensity, that's going to be a big help. And you were the national champion in that event. So it was nice. That's good that, advice. That's good advice. And so... Even on a distance race where you have all those flip turns, you're, you think it's better to just re, not relax, but really ride that momentum off the wall, even though we're tempted to pop up and start swimming? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm 210 pounds. I shouldn't be beating at people that are 150 pounds off the wall, but I do because I'm a little stronger and my streamline is a thousand times better than they are. And it's just a matter of just doing it every single time. Because if you don't do it every single time, that's when those bad habits show up and that's when they, they pop up and they just start throwing arms, which, which is fine, but it's not going to help you too much in the long run. So how would you encourage masters, particularly beginners, master swimmers like me to learn that stuff? So what I do, it was my kids is I make them do what's called a streamlined stretch. So it's, so it's basically, it's a two minute exercise where they go five seconds on five seconds off. So they're. And I, and we look at the clock and say, okay, streamline stretch on the top. So what they do is they go streamline and they try and make themselves as tall and as tight as they possibly can. And I'm watching them do that out of the water. 
And what they do is they make sure they're super tight, really tall, and then relax. And then do it again for another five seconds and then relax. And get into that habit of making, making yourself as long as you possibly can off every wall. Okay. Because you'll see this and that's nothing that, that doesn't help. It's hand over hand, bicep behind your ears, making yourself super narrow off the wall and not just do it at practice, do it at home just once a day, just to do a two, two minute streamlined stretch. Oh, that is just gold. All right, Eric, a requested question from people who knew we were interviewing you. Do you do dry land? And if so, what is it and how does it apply to your speed in the water? Yes, I do dry land and I love the gym. In fact, I almost, if I can, I go five or six days a week. It's like my hour and 10 minutes is to do what I want and train muscle groups to act like an athlete, not like a gym bro, if that makes any sense. So yes, I do. I go to the gym. I basically work three different kinds of workouts that are done different ways. I do, I do an upper body day, which is a push pull exercise routine. So push is chest, pull is basically back and with an emphasis on the push that's day one. All right. And then the next day I switch it. I go a pull push exit routine and with an emphasis on back, whether it's rows or upright rows, cable rows, hammer strengths, flies, anything that's then the third day, I basically do a, a leg day. Whereas I do a lot of stuff that is a focus on focus on muscle performance that I would do in the pool. Right. I don't do, I don't do squats. I don't like that's I don't like squats. I've never felt them beneficial. I don't do deadlifts. I don't do good mornings or any of that sort of stuff. I use the machines and I want to make sure the machines I do them properly. I don't over overweight the machine, but I do work out to failure and I've just, I've never been injured in the gym by, by, by working out smart. Yeah. So that is my dry land routine. I like lifting. I like being sore. I know that sounds crazy, but I get, I have a feeling of accomplishment when I, when I'm sore, I'm like, now I wake up the next morning. I'm like, oh, that was a great set. <laughs> feel it in my shoulders. I like that feeling. I like that feeling. In fact, that's one of the, that's something that saw me to just work hard and that I've used that throughout my whole life. Okay. I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> so one is again, for master swimmers, I'm 60 and really just getting started in master swimming. Is dry land important? Or if you had limited time, would you include some dry land or just focus on technique and swimming in the water? Um, I would always do a little bit of dry land. I, I'm not a, a master's coach, but I would always do a little bit, especially lower body, because I think if you do things right, it, you can actually have a lot of gains with lower body. So I would do it, even if it's just lightweight, just to get the, that muscle memory moving. So absolutely, I would. Okay, then I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, that does. That's great. The second thing is I get to a gym and I just get overwhelmed. There's so many machines. There's <laughs> is there a place or a way that you can direct people towards to do some basic things that would be helpful for swimming? I do as athletes, you want muscles to perform over and over again. So I rarely, in fact, I never do maxes. I never will max out on one thing because that's not what athletes do. Athletes are using muscles over and over again to, to perform a task. Now, if you're trying to go hundred IM, you're not just going to, you're not just going to let your shoulders go one rep and that's it. It's more over and over again. I focus on uh, at the gym. I do a lot of slow control and then I pause at the bottom. And then I think of, and I explode on the way up. So I don't, 
it's, I'm not, I'm never bouncing, but that bouncing is, and I see it all the time, but it's all about, it's all about working that muscle. So it's, you're trying to work, go slow on the decline. And then once you get to that bottom, it's an explosion, pr press all the way up. And then you're, you control the weight. You're not it's just like fling it. The second thing is full range of motion is also very key because I, your muscles are, you can train your muscles to be short and stocky and, 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 and chubby era, short and like contract. But as athletes, you want them long. And that's what the full range of motion does is it forces you to like work at the bottom and the top end of every sort of muscle group. Right. I believe that we have completely unearthed the secret to your success, Eric, which is you're a work maniac. You're like just lifting five days a week, swimming six days a week. And that's wonderful because it seems like you, it's obviously making you extremely fast. What motivates you? What's driving you? Why? You talk about the why with your kids. Maria and I love the why. What's motivating me? I don't know. I enjoy the pool. I enjoy the training. I enjoy getting up there and racing with kids that are 16 because it's, I get done and they're like, coach, I almost got you. And I'm like, okay, I'm 48. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're 16. You should be up there. I do enjoy that part. I don't know. I mean, I enjoy the workout. I enjoy the, the getting out of the water feeling, feeling exhausted. Cause that's, that's a sign of what I'm looking for, looking to do. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's something that I've learned early, way early on. When I was an age grouper, I'll when I was an age grouper, we, my parents could not get me to practice on time. Practice started at 445. Both my parents worked until five. So they could not get me to the pool until about 520. So I'm already 35 to 40 minutes late. And the first half hour is usually some sort of dry lens. What happened in the beginning was I'd say to my friend, okay, what'd you guys do for dry lens? I'll do it at home. And I would do it some of it. And then, and then the one day he says, we did basically a version of 45 pushups. And we did jumping jacks and sit-ups, something like that. So I said, okay, I'm going to do that at home. I'll do that. Okay. And the next day, same thing. And he says, well, we did something else. And we, had, we did 45 push-ups and something else. Right. No, the number went up. It was 50, 50 push-ups. Right. And the next day, so I, at home, I went home and I did that. I did the push-ups to the dry lands. The next day, I asked him the same thing. And so I went home. And I did the dry lands and uh, I did 70 push-ups because I thought that's what the kids did. They actually did 40 push-ups. And I just laughed at him. I said, <laughs> I'm 30 push-ups better than you yesterday. I never forgot that. And I still think about that today. If I can do 30 extra push-ups better than you, what if I go hundred? What if I do, what if I do more than that? And that mindset of what I can do to make myself better than what my, what my competition is doing or not doing is what I've thought about through all the way through college, all the way through for to my life now. That is a great story. There's, that's the why. There's the why beneath the why. And then there's always a story. I love that. So you've just outworked everybody. You outwork everybody. The kid, I was told I, I didn't have the talent. I had others on my team that were more talented than I, and I would, and that's just what I have to do. That's what I had to do to keep up with, with them and eventually pass them. I have to ask you, how do you feel about discomfort when you're swimming or working out or pain? How do you like it? Do you work uh, towards it or tell us about that? You got to find some comfort in just being, dis you got to find some comfort in being uncomfortable. And that's just life. I'm not, I don't mind being uncomfortable. It's only for a couple seconds. Not a big deal. 
Yeah. I was going to ask that question, Maria, because I know you and I love to know about the pain question, but I would almost argue that he probably doesn't get in as much pain as most people because he's so fit. So mm. the people who are really fit often answer that question with, I don't know. I don't what, get what, that much what pain. pain? <laughs> what pain? Yeah. yeah. I know you, you swim sometimes, you swim longer, thousands and miles, but you're probably in such good shape. You don't even, do you hurt that much in a mile? Not really. Yeah. Uh, it's just... Yeah, you're you're redlining it. You're you're warm. You're trying to, but I'm never hurting. Hurting. You're warm. I told you, Maria. This, yeah, you, when you're in shape, you do. Who did we interview, Maria? That was a miler. It's just you're just executing great turns and your technique, and you're warm. I love it. That's a, that is a great expression. What about yeah. you? Don't go to that place of nausea where you're working so hard, you're getting the buildup of lactic acid that makes you sick. Lactic acid is definitely a deal, part of the deal, but it's. I've never gotten sick from it now. Not really. He clears it well because well, he's so yeah. fit. Yeah. Have you ever been injured? I have a little bit. I've had a, a couple of nagging small things. I slipped off a curb once and caught myself and my knee like winged a little bit. And this was, I wasn't even doing sport. And uh, basically I pulled the patella something and I couldn't really run. And that basically stopped my triathlon career. And that that was that stunk because I couldn't do any running for about five years. And I wow. saw a doctor and they said, because there's no blood flow to tendons, you can't really do too much. And it's not a, it's, that's the, that's probably the worst injury I've had. I've pulled my groin breaststroke kick before and I just lived with it. And eventually it goes away. And right now, sometimes my back bothers me. It is what it is. And it warms up and it goes away. And never a shoulder injury? No. How no. tall are you? Six one. Nutrition, you're in such great shape. I got to know, is nutrition something that you work hard on? Not really. My my view of nutrition is everything in moderation. I don't drink soda. I don't drink coffee. I don't I don't drink alcohol. I but everything else is in moderation. That's how I view things. You can have cake. It's fine. Just don't make cake your hors d'oeuvre, your main course, and your dessert. So <laughs> everything in moderation. I love uh, it. Except your training. No moderation on your training. That's uh, it's love just it. a habit okay. for me. Yeah. Is a habit. Yeah. All right. Is there anything that we have not asked you that you would like to share with our listeners? Do something every day. Just be active. Hope I, the, what, this is what I found for me is the pool and the gym. Just stay active because acti activity is the key of life. My, my grandfather was, he lived to be about 90, I think 97. In my family, we have people that live long and we have people that live short and just how it is. And I remember him saying to me as a teenager, don't get old. And I think, okay, what does that mean? And, uh, and then it's all about staying active. And I think about that a lot. And my, for me, the way to not get old is to stay active, is to do things that I did when I was 18, maybe even a little bit more. So I'm trying to stay as active as I possibly can. That's great advice. Great yeah. finishing, finishing question. So this is a spread around and it's just for everybody to get to know you a little better with, with some silly questions. Are you ready? Sure. Yes. Okay. Take your bar. What is your favorite sandwich? Cuban. What do you own that you should throw out? I don't know because I'm good at throwing stuff out. <laughs> ah, I love it. A scariest animal. Snakes. What celebrity would you like to meet? Don't have one. Okay. What's the hardest swimming event? 200 freestyle. You got to explain that one. I just don't buy it. Sell me on it. I, I'm sorry. It's not a sprint. It's not a distance event. 
It is a lactic acid bath that when I, when you're done with it, you are shaking if you do it right. All right. Favorite movie? Top Gun. The original Top Gun. Good, good. All right. Maria's got some for you. Favorite smell? Walking into an indoor pool. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> smell of chlorine in the morning. Yes. Uh, <laughs> do you make your bed every morning? Yes. Kickboard or no kickboard? Kickboard, I guess. If you had to listen to one song for the rest of your life, what would it be? I like a song with you, like maybe I Am the Warrior by Scandal. Good. Okay. Window or aisle? A window. Can you describe your life in five words or five important words in your life? That's a hard one. Five words in my life. Wow. Uh, So what would be five words that would describe you? Work hard, work smart, smile often and good things will happen. That is great. Okay. What's this last question? What word comes to mind when you dive in the water? Back at it. <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> All right. Well, we could just keep going, but we've got to let you go get yeah. to work. Okay. Eric, thanks, thanks so much. So much. We really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. And yeah. I think oh it's, my as, gosh. it's as good as advertised. Yeah. All well, right. Thank you. Eric, we're going to let you go. Stay tuned for the takeaways. Want to succeed like a champion? Five-time Olympic coach Bob Bowman, coach of Olympic legend Michael Phelps, says Kelly's book, Take Your Mark Lead, is a powerful addition to your personal improvement library, and learners from all walks of life will gain key insights and enjoy this inspiring book. Take Your Mark Lead, debuted as an Amazon number one bestseller in five categories and is available online. And now, the takeaways. Okay, Maria, the takeaways for Eric Christensen, world record-holding master swimmer and world-class workhorse. <laughs> I, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody that works as hard as he does. Yeah, or seems to love it. And it's just love who he is. Love it. Yeah, who he love is. Love it. Favorite yeah. smell? The smell of walking into a pool with chlorine? <laughs> yeah. I love it. Okay, what is your first takeaway? He's His world of knowledge and understanding and ability is so far above mine as a beginner's master swimmer that everything he was saying, I was just like trying to soak it up. But I think one of the most important things that I would personally take away from that is the importance of dry land workouts, which you guys in swimming, what we in swimming call dry land. It's a new concept to me, which is working out in the gym or doing things that are not in the pool to make you a stronger swimmer. And that's a huge part of his I think his personal success is he works out five days in the gym and even telling stories when he was a kid doing more push-ups and more jumping jacks than the other swimmers. He didn't feel like he had a lot of talent, so he had to work hard. But anyway, just the importance of dry land. And also, he's basically never been injured. And my suspicion would be that the workouts in the gym are helping him be strong and also not be injured in the pool. Importance of dry land. and. Just got to figure out how to get in there and make that a part of my routine. I think it'll help my cycling and running as well. Yes, I thought the same thing, that because of all the dry land that he has, his shoulders have stayed intact, and even though he swims a ton, that he's not been injured. So my first takeaway was don't get old. Yeah. So don't get old to him. His grandfather told him don't get old, which I think is part of the driving force behind him. Just keep moving, keep doing things. and. Don't get old to me means 
not just physically when we're trying to keep swimming or keep doing things, but mentally just keep pushing into new places, keep trying new things and not get the mentality of, oh, I'm retired from swimming at age 30 or whatever. So that I love the don't get old. That was a good takeaway for me. Yeah. Yeah. How about your second one? Yeah. The second one is, it's just, it was a sweet way to end the interview because we talked a lot of X's and O's and a lot of hard work and mindset. But he said that when we asked him some words to describe himself, he said that this, he has this little mantra, work hard, work smart, smile often, and good things will happen. I thought, that's great. All those things. Are, yeah, yeah, you have to work hard, but you also have to work smart and you have to have a good attitude. That's smile often and good things will happen to you. So I love Yeah. That. And I think the first part of that is work hard. Yeah. I think yeah. he lives his life by the idea that if he works harder than anyone else, that's going to give him the advantage when yeah. he's competing. And I think that is the front part of that. So definitely a hard worker and that you've got to listen to the whole story about him when his friend told him that they did 40 push-ups at practice and he went home because he thought they did 70 and he did 70. So he felt like he was 30 push-ups up. I love that story. My last takeaway is the streamlined stretch that you can do out of the pool and you put your scapula together, your biceps, your biceps behind your head and your hands on top of one another. And you can tell by the strain of my voice, Maria and I are doing this. I can't so hard, but we're doing it. And it's, and then your head is, don't we look hilarious? (laughs) By the streamlined stretch. You got to do the streamlined stretch. Get as narrow as possible because when you're coming off the wall, that's the fastest you will ever go. But we talk about underwaters all the time in swimming and people are like, what are underwaters? Underwaters are the fifth stroke. They're the thing that are making these new records so much faster is that streamlining. And it starts with uh, getting as narrow as possible. And the streamlined stretch is really a cool concept to do it while you're sitting at your computer or do it while you're doing the dishes or do it in the pool, certainly. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that my was... final takeaway. What a great interview. Yep. What a great guy. Just another one in the books, Maria. Thanks for doing it. Love you. Love you, Kelly. Bye bye. Bye. Hello, champion friends. We are so grateful for you and the fact that you choose to listen to Champions Mojo. We'd be really happy if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other listeners find us and helps our ranking on Apple as well. Thank you so much again for supporting the show and swim like no one's watching.